0: Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. Like I say every week, I don't do intros, and I'm not going to do one this week. You know who this man is? He's just come off a fresh blow dry. He's just told us his hair's <laughs> looking beautiful. Andrew Embley joins us on back chat. G'day, mate. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Dan. Hello,
2: Thank you mate. for having me.
1: This is Any Dan, time. not Darren. Um, <laughs> Darren, I did
2: walk in. I did think that <laughs> you introduced. It's, it's right as I mumble. Darren. Yeah, I mumble. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, sorry, my bad. My Dan bad. the man. Yep.
1: It's good sure. to have you in here, Wack. I've been chasing you for a little bit, so it's good to have you on the <laughs> podcast. Thank um, you.
2: I've been uh, seeing the podcast on social, so thanks for the invite.
1: Yeah, so Anytime. You know, Well, you know what I've been forgetting to do is mention our sponsors off the top, so yep. Whippersnapper Distillery. Unfortunately, too early for a whiskey for Wack and I. Shelter Brewing Co., got a beer sponsor as well, Embers. Margaret River Roasting Co., so we've got whiskey, beer, coffee. That's got what I'm oh. drinking right now. Hey? Yeah, got it sorted. Um, yep. Blue Bet. Uh, look after us in the betting department. I think that's about it. Is that all it, Dan? Sponsors are very important. Yeah, Yeah, correct. And we look after them here on Back Chat. Now, Embers, first question we ask our guests. going to get straight into it. Mm. It's not about your footballing career. We know you're a Norm Smith medalist. We know you're a premiership player. We know you played 250 games for West Coast. We know you've done all that. You've been a great footballer. But what's your greatest ever sporting achievement not on the football field. You've been a you've been a great footballer for a long time, and we ask all of our guests not in their chosen sport, mm. not in their selected varietal. What's their greatest ever sporting achievement? And we we can go back right to grade three when you're um, yep. What do you got for well, us? Well, there's a few,
2: but the oh, one that gosh. stands out for me, and I've still got this right. So I used to play cricket as well. I love my cricket. So football, yeah. All right. winter cricket was my summer sport. Yes. All right, and I. Feel I was a handy cricketer, and Mm -hmm. uh, I reckon maybe it was under elevens or twelves. Yes, Good, right? Good, good. good. Good And it was, uh, you know, I used to like opening the bowling and opening the batting, but could only do one so i was bowling and I was batting about six <laughs> but uh grand final day all right uh, and i remember the the coach um he played the, the song you know we are the champions before we. the game before the game right <laughs> so uh, we were confident right <laughs> now i've gone out there right on the astro turf playing for bassendine right basso and I've absolutely ripped through the top water of a beach borough. All right. I've taken seven for four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> seven for four. Stop and I'll tell it. you what, if I hadn't known you guys were going to ask me the question, I would have brought the ball. I've still got the ball. We have written seven for four on it.
0: Mate. That's Little uncanny.
1: I don't know if you're, are you stitching us up no, here? Yeah? No, that's fair dinkum. Go on. Ask okay. my mum. Go on. So
0: Go on. I, in a final, yep, under twelve Stuart Hill Cricket Club,
2: Will we be playing against you guys? Might have <laughs> <been shorty> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Different era.
0: Um, uh, five for sixteen, and that's the ball right there. <laughs> He's oh, got mate, you, mate, how about that? So the actually, trophy mounted with the
2: ball. Here you yeah. go. Do you have the yeah. ball? <laughs> I've got the ball, so I'll uh, I'll take a photo off and I'll send it to you yes, guys. Please. please, It's At mum and dad's house. So, yeah.
1: what happened to your cricketing ability once you got to the football club? Because I used to see you. Well, some say that.
2: that you know that I. Made the wrong choice by going down the football path and who not sa- the cricket. Sa- who said that? I did.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, as you know, there
1: comes a stage where you got to make a decision. My decision was very easy because
2: so, I uh, I wasn't a very good
1: cricketer. <laughs> okay, so that to take us there, right, from under elevens crickets mm. uh, for uh, seven for four. Yep. Into being drafted, nineteen ninety eight. Yep, fifty seven. Bargain. Few people taken before you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: boy. So there was. Uh, so back in nineteen ninety eight, there was a rule where clubs could only take 17 year old. So I was a 17 year old, you know, in that so in that pool heading into that year. Now, from memory, um, Brisbane were always going to take Des Headland, who was probably the best 17 year old old in the country at the time. Okay, so he went to Brisbane. Justin Longmuir went to Fremantle. So Fremantle took JL as their 16 year old pick or 17 wow. year old pick, right? And so I sort of knew that I was never really going to go to Fremantle if I was going to get drafted and I Thought maybe West Coast, but they weren't, you know, didn't show an enormous amount of interest in me. And the story goes, though, it was out of me and Paul Hazelby. As, as West Coast's 17-year-old pick. Really? Right? And they were split. So we had half the recruiters on Emberley and half the recruiters on Paul Hazelby. Now, I found this out a little bit later. Now, Mick Malthouse at the time, he came in and he made the decision. Now, he'd seen me play a little bit on tapes and he believed that midfielders were starting to become taller. So yeah. that's the way the game was going. Midfielders, they could push forward, kick goals. So on the back of that, he said, we're going with Embley. right? And so West Coast took me at pick 57. Now... Paul Hazelby missed out on that draft, right? Yes. Fast forward the situation a few years later, right? Paul Hazelby had been drafted to Fremantle, right? Won the Rising Star, flying, yep. right? I'm stinking it up in the waffle, right? <laughs> and Mick Mouldhouse, he pissed off the Collingwood. So he was gone. <laughs> and West Coast are
1: thinking, wow, geez, i am stitched right up <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> so did Hazelby go the year after you? So
2: he went the year after me. Some big names and, there. And Des Hedlund, Headland, yeah. Hazelby, so Mark McVay, he, uh, he went to Essendon, Cameron Ling, Brendan Favola. They wow. were all sort of 17-year-olds that were taken that year. The one that actually people are a little bit surprised about was Matthew Pavlich. So Matthew Pavlich was the same age, 17. So West Coast could so, have had Pavlich. So they could have had, 16 clubs could have had Matthew Pavlich in 1998. Every single club looked over him. Are you saying Jeez. West
1: Coast Eagles could have had Matt Pavlich? They
2: could have had Matt Pav- Pavlich if they actually had have not got me.
1: But they no. got a premiership instead, didn't they? they didn't. Okay, so 1999 debut in yep. a Western Derby. Yes. So, I spoke to you earlier this year about Western Derbies mm. and what they mean, and spoke to a few people. Some people talk them down, but yeah. I think they sit pretty special parties in your yeah. career, especially. Well, as
2: right? you said, made the taboo. So, got drafted in uh, '98 and had a really good preseason. had lots of fun, enjoyed it. And then I remember Chris Mainwaring coming up to me sort of uh, maybe with about a couple of weeks ago before round one and said, Listen, I um just want to say, I've been absolutely wrapped with the way that you're going about it, and you know I'm not the coach, but if I was the coach, I'd pick you to play round one.
1: So it was the Derby round one. Derby was round one, wow. of the
2: 1999 season. Wow. So I played a couple of little scratch matches and, and and did it done okay, but um and then Mick Moldhouse came up to me, I think on the Wednesday night before round one, and just I was um just on the boxing bag in the change rooms <laughs> and uh, giving a bit of a whack, and he came up and he said, ah. Uh, are you ready to uh, make your debut? So I said, yeah. He goes, all right, well, I'm going to play you this week. So, yeah, made my debut in the first game of the 1999 season, which obviously was a derby.
1: We spoke to Sharon Wellingham on Back Chat, and he said about Mick Malthouse he used to like playing young kids in big mm. games yep. to sort of see what they were made of. Yeah. Does that go as he,
2: far back as – Absolutely. Now, Mick was um, – Mick loved kids, especially kids that, you know, just, just – had a crack, yeah, and he was always really keen to give um, kids an opportunity. And you've seen that actually in, in the Anzac day like, how many guys yep. from Collingwood yep. um, have made their debut? So, Sharad was one of them, yeah, in front of 95,000, just throw you in the deep end. So, yeah. he had an enormous amount of trust in his players. And I think for me, because I, um, you know, was starting my career off, and he was coming towards the end of his career at West Coast he gave me enormous amount of time and played me nine times from memory in my first year. So, and probably a few of those games I probably didn't deserve to, to be played. Um, but he gave me an opportunity and I'll forever be grateful for that.
1: Malthouse also got him there, didn't he, Dan? So, he had a bit of pressure <laughs> yeah. if he didn't <laughs> yeah. play yeah. Yeah. So like, Who were you
2: a fan yeah. of growing up? Uh, I was a West Coast supporter, but right. I, um, as a kid, all I ever wanted to do was play for Swan Districts. Footy yes. club, so yes. yeah, being a Bazo boy. So yep. we spent most of my childhood heading down to Dean Oval and and spending
0: time down there. And yeah, so that was uh, that was my childhood. So then a Western Derby. If you were sort of a fan of West Coast, that mm. would have really meant something. Because sometimes you know we speak to guys who have sort of been drafted by West Coast but didn't really follow yeah. them. Yeah, like Derby Derby's a so so dream come true. Really, I mean, as a
2: you know as a kid, I was all I wanted to do was play AFL footy. So to finally get drafted. And listen, I mate, if they my name had been called out from Eastern Club's side, I would have been on that plane going. And I more than likely, I know that I'm a quite a loyal person, there's every chance I would never come back to WA. So, whoever that team that picked me, I was I was going to be there for life, I reckon, and to play at a team that I supported as a kid was just an absolute bonus. Uh,
1: never asked you this, never thought of asking you. Mm. Was there ever a time that you uh would have moved or were a chance to move from West Coast? You played 250 yeah. games, one club player, but was there ever a time that you could have gone somewhere else?
2: Yeah, well, th- the end of 2002, I'd sort of probably come to the crossroads at West Coast and I, was, listen, I wasn't a bad kid or anything like that, but definitely started to enjoy all the things that come with AFL footy and and sort of lost a bit of love for the game as well. And I remember walking into Woosh's office at the end of 2002 and there was a lot of speculation that, you know, the club sort of wanted me out and the media were saying that, you know, I, I could be gone and I did get a lot of interest from Port Adelaide at the time and and I wasn't quite sure, I remember walking into this meeting and I wasn't really quite sure whether I was going to be at the club or not. I, I did think in the back of my mind, Woosh might say, okay, you know what, Embers, um, you know, you're out and, you know, we're going to trade you or delist you or anything like that. So, and uh, he looked me in the eye straight away and he said, um, do you want to stay here? And I said, yes. And he said, well, if you do, you're going to have to show your your teammates a commitment um, that you haven't shown already, and you're going to have to get fit, and you're going to have to you know, start being a lot more professional. And I said, all right. And he goes, um, done, deal. So we were flying out with the boys uh, a couple of days later on a footy trip, and I remember I cancelled my footy trip, and I went and worked with the great Steve Smith, who wow. you know very well. Nice, Smith um, so... Um, the club sent me to Steve Smith and I trained almost every day through my whole off-season in 2002 and and that was the first time when I actually realised what it was and and what it took to become a a professional AFL player and that was the turning point for me in my career.
1: So Steve Smith has uh, done stuff like that with Embers, I worked with him, similar circumstance really, I was sort of a bit of a... In-and-out player and wanted to get fitter. So I went and worked with some mini boxing, weights, yeah. gym, whatever. He just sort of gave you a bit of a, like a personal trainer, Yeah, right? personal
2: trainer yep. in the Claremont area. And I worked a lot with a lot of the Australian cricketers. Um, Justin Langer, really close mates with him. So that was um, that used to be lots of fun because, you know, I'd find myself sparring with JL. Um, <laughs> Who'd win know, that? Uh, he was tough, JL. There was only body shots, but he, um, he used to love it. He was just... Uh, he was yeah. the way he played his cricket and the way that he's been as a, a character he, he was like that in the boxing ring too. All
1: right, so you've mentioned boxing a fair few times already. So, let's go to the demolition derby. <laughs> uh, talk us through that. That's 2001. Yeah. So, this is before your 2002 moment. Mm. Uh, I mean, you obviously got better at boxing because you looked a bit frightened out there in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was the youngest kid out in <laughs> the ground, right? This is this and is the this is the Michael Gardner Pavlich. Yeah. The, the, yeah well,
2: um, Pavly started that fight. you see him trying to headbutt Michael Gardner's t- fist in t- the t- goal square <laughs> <laughs> to begin the game? Come on, Pav, that was talking, unacceptable. Talking about frightened. <laughs> I would have been very scared out there. Anyway, it was, it was uh, so the night before, I remember a guy called Craig Callaghan, he, he was on Fremantle's list, and uh, for some reason I was at the Basin, uh, Swan District Football Club the night before. Like, not, not, not on the drink or anything like that, but I must have had a function. And, and he came up to me and he said, Mate, just be wary tomorrow. Like it's because I knew him from the Bassendine days as well, Craig Callahan. And yeah. he planted the seed that oh, it's going to be on tomorrow. So it was, I think, the second last game of the 2001 season or 2000,
1: was yeah, it? Yeah, 2001. Anyway, it was some, yeah.
2: Yeah, sometime around then. Charlie. And and so that sort of didn't think too much of at the time, but um, in hindsight, obviously, it was something that was premeditated. And when I go and, you know, do a couple of functions now with a few of the ex Freeo guys, in particular, Sean McManus, who just says, you know, that was a line in the sand for Freeman Fremantle that particular day. So um, spot fires happening everywhere. I, I've never, ever, you know, sort of been scared on the footy field. Um, you know, you never sort of think about it too much. But I reckon thinking back to that particular Day. it was one of those games where, you know, you, you felt like you know you, it was it was like in a fight in the street because there was just spitfires as I said going on. Could, could have been from anywhere. Yeah, so the I was part of the obviously the, the melee. Um, I'm not sure if people know this, but I think there was something like 18 players from that game were either suspended or um, fined, fine. and I was one of the 18. Right, and I was the only bloke right. <laughs> That actually went to the tribunal and fought it, right? So <laughs> I've gone in there. I've gone in there, right? Because there's vision, right? There's vision. So I'm standing there with, um, I think Clem Michael, right? And then suddenly, someone—it might actually been Clem Michael actually—who come and just dropped me from behind, you know, like, yeah, come on, mate, face me up, you know, and they get me from behind. So I've gone down. Anyway, so I've been done two thousand bucks for a melee. Yep. Now I've gone to the tribunal. Now I, uh, it's the second year at the club, right? I had planned With that $2,000 To go to the Bali For the end of season Football trip right They've suddenly Taken that away from me So I need that 2000 bucks. So I've gone there right And I've sat down And I've shown The big screen of me Getting bashed on the ground
1: You right? took your own footage in
2: I've, I've, I've shown it to them I'm on the ground Three blokes on me right Three Fremantle guys right Double my age Trying to pick on the 18 year old I still had them right But anyway um, And I've said to them I said how's, how's that a melee I mean have a look at me yes. And obviously they felt sorry for me, and guess what? You got off. The only person that got off, right? <laughs> so <laughs> guess what? Two weeks later, I was in Bali with two thousand
1: I <great>. So pumped! <laughs> <laughs> but I
2: reckon then the club, uh, all the boys, actually find me in Kangaroo Court for the only person that jumped ship. So i ended up probably losing the two thousand bucks anyway. Absolutely,
1: so. chuck that at a five dollar fine on the fine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so you reckon the directive came from like Fremantle coaching, just to <laughs> throw some. Throw the weight around. Like, how do you you instruct the team to go for a
1: fight? What year is this, Charlie? What, what, what What are we talking? What year is this? 2000. 2000. 2000, yeah. okay.
2: 2000 Demolition Derby. Yes. This is a long time ago, Dan. Yeah.
1: So yeah. that sort of stuff did happen back in yeah. the
2: day. No, Shawnee Mag, if you ever get him on, actually, you know what, see if you can get him on the show one day, because he's a cracking right. fella and he'll Done. come and do it, and ask him, he tells the great story from the Fremantle perspective. Like, he was a line in the sand. They knew they were coming out. Yeah, he might have said that, Guardy he started it, but there was a clear intention that uh, the Fremantle, in their eyes, were the, the little bros that were getting beaten up, and they said, listen we are not going to stand for this any longer. Um,
1: so, yeah, okay. That's very so good. That's animal. very good. And the only yeah. man in the, uh, the only 2000 man. demolition derby to yeah, get to off and get to get escape off. with $2,000. <laughs> I, did you have a legal representation or did you just walk in there by yourself oh, in I a suit? I,
2: know, I reckon the club would have um, That's
1: good helped you. me out. That's good uh, you. I swear to God, I wasn't fighting. I was look, just getting beaten look.
2: up. Oh, sh- look at the vision I said to him.
1: All so. right. So uh, 2004, your vice captain <laughs> of the club, international rule series in Ireland. What was that experience like?
2: That was good fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was really was good. Was that fun. about
1: football or was that what Oh
2: yeah, that was um, that was actually that was so that sort of happened very quickly and I got the phone call in the off season that um I uh, you know want to be part of it and I said, Oh absolutely, I would love to. Now <laughs> it it Anyone that's been on one of these, uh, do you ever do a couple no, of these? Certainly not. Okay. No, come on. Come uh, on I appreciate this. It's a great it? trip. Like, you know, in WA, like and we see a few of the Frio guys out here and there a little bit, but not much. But suddenly, you know, you're going away with some of the, the best players in the country and you're heading overseas on a trip. And, you know, footballers are, you know, they're all very similar. Like, you know, they got, you know, huge work ethics, but they also love to have a good time too. So to be able to meet some of these players that, you know, I admired from the other side –
1: uh, off What's, the country what sort of guy, what sort of guy so James
2: Heard, for example yeah. right so I heard he was you know, he was probably my idol growing up and uh and I remember so so my this is my thought process right I'm about you know 23 24 can't remember but I'm heading over there right and I knew that we were flying out sort of you know 8 a.m to to Ireland right Dublin. It's Dublin yeah so I thought well the night before we get in about sort of six o'clock seven o'clock it was actually Juddie's. Uh, it was Juddie's eighteenth, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, it was Juddie's eighteenth. Wow. So I rocked into Juddie's eighteenth. Had a uh, had a great night with uh, with him. And then my thought process was, you know what? If I have a real big night, right, and don't get any sleep, I'm gonna be tired for the plane. All the way, you know, to, to Dublin. So Smart. I'm gonna get a good night's sleep. You know, and the last thing you want to do is, you know, not feel tired on the plane. So, uh, <laughs> so I got a Juddie's 18th. Roll that into, um, you know, 8 a.m. and suddenly, you know, we're, we're on our way to the airport, right? So uh, not much shut eye for Embers Straight out of clubber. <laughs> so everything's gone to plan, right? And I say so I get up now. We fly. You know, like 1A, 2A, like proper Qantas, wow. you know, like double-decker. And I'm thinking, how good's this? So I get up and I walk in there and I I've, literally, I think I'm in 1A. Like it's the best seat there. I think, oh, this is so good. Everything I've done, it's worked out. Now time to, re- you know, recline and go to sleep. Yeah. Right, so I sit down, right? And just as I sit down, right, guess who comes sits right next to me? 1B. Hurdy. <laughs> James Heard, <laughs> My idol. I'm thinking, oh, how good is this? And he sits down and he goes, Embers. He goes, is it too early for a beer? Oh, I look at him. I go, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Herdy drank beers all the way to Singapore, eight hours. Just beer for beer. Absolutely just destroyed ourselves. We've been good mates ever since <laughs> It was uh, We just told stories And we chatted And Oh mate It was just like How good's this Like when your idol comes up to you And says you want to have a beer with you I don't care how tired I was
1: oh, You must have been so tight Day two yeah, How'd you
2: rock up in Dublin Yeah really? uh, Oh Yeah no, nah, not great you Can't remember much Of the, <laughs> the international rules here. Uh, Anyway that's all I remember Of the trip <laughs> I think we got beaten by Ireland A couple of times Got
1: smashed But <laughs> Your nickname's whack. Yeah what was
0: that?
2: I don't know I don't know <laughs> There's a few different rumours about it But it was one of those ones I think just Every time I had a couple of beers In the early days The boys used to think I went a bit sort of wacko On, on the drinks. <laughs> so it was one of those ones I think when my schoolmates named me And then one day When I went to the west coast And suddenly you're out With a few schoolmates And you know I might have been out With a few of my teammates I said oh why do you call him whack? And yeah, as you know Yep, the nickname sticks. So, uh, Mum's not a big fan of it, but it's <laughs> unfortunately one that sort of
1: stay with me. Uh, your mum's a very, very good lady, so I'm going to back her in for that. Yes. Um, she's Victorian as well. She is Victorian, yes. I yeah. knew there was something good yeah. about her. So. <laughs> um, now, now, okay, so I'm just trying to lead into this. So we go to Europe, the uh, International rule Series. We do the, uh, your nickname's whack. 2005. Yep. West Coast go to London for a game? Yeah. Is that right? Or was it four? Five? Yeah, five. 2005. After, after the losing. We lost the grand final. Grand final. Yeah. So I'll come back to the losing grand final. But yeah. 2005, you find yourself in London for an exhibition match against yeah. Fremantle Dockers. Mm. Were you playing?
2: No, listen, I wasn't playing. So what happened was we uh, we had our footy trip. And then at the end of the football trip, we had the exhibition game against, uh, uh, against uh, the Fremantle Dockers. And so. <sighs> As you can imagine, um, you know, four days into your into your trip, I'm not really that keen to uh, to play a game at the end of it. So I say to Woosh, listen, Woosh, my hammy's a little bit tight from the grand final, and considering we've got round one in about four months' time, like, I think I'd probably be best interest to, to miss the game. Four you know? months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so a few things I remember happened that morning. I um, I went, for, so judy and I decided, because judy wasn't playing either, so we decided to go for a bit of a run, you know, around the streets of London, you know, just to, to feel like that we'd sort of, you know, done out bit as well. So we started cruising around, you know. Anyway, sort of 200 metres in, like I'm literally started to, you know. know, But the only thing that got me through this run, right, was the fact that Juddy, you know, won the Brownlow a couple of years before, won a Norm Smith medal. He's breathing very heavily too. So, you know, I'm thinking on the back of four or five days in London, we're struggling. Anyway, we sort of finally you know, got back to the hotel and I didn't really think too much of it, but I was completely stuffed. But got through because I knew that Juddy was hurting too. Uh, A couple of months later, I spoke to Juddy about it. And I said, oh, mate, how about that hard run that we did in London that day? And he goes, mate, that wasn't hard. I said, mate, you were breathing pretty heavily. He looked at me, he goes, Embers, he said... I looked at you, and I could see you were struggling so bad, I just started breathing heavily just to make you
1: feel good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the day when I realised Chris Jard was a bloody good team player.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so anyway. That game
1: though, right? That game turns into a a demolition derby. demolition derby, derby, yeah. So
2: I'm sitting, like, so that particular game, right? I'm in the box, right, with Cuzzy. So me and Cuzzy are sitting in Ellen Bond, in his box, Bondi, you know B- yes. Bondi, the Bondi. So he was must have been living in London at the time. Somehow we end up his box, you know, drinking champagne, <laughs> caviar, watching this demolition derby. Now <laughs> we must have had a couple in the box. So I didn't really sort of realise what was going on, and and then at the end of the game, right, I've sort of gone down to the change rooms to see all the boys, and whoosh is going mad, like completely mad. Whoosh, what's wrong? And anyway, so. He he's just. I said. I said. Who, who do you want me to get? You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ryan Crowley's name just pops up, right? So I go. All right, done. I'm going to go get him, right? So <laughs> didn't anyway, even know what had happened. Didn't even know what happened, right? <laughs> so I'm going all right. Well, I'm fine. So anyway, so I went outside looking for a Crowley, right? <laughs> Fremantle's bus is right there, right? I've gone up, right? And I've tried to get up on Fremantle's bus. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Crowley tells the story too quite well. Now, Anthony Grover, um, you know, he, he can go. Right? And, and big man. And big man, right? And he's I remember he grabbed me on the shoulder. He's going, mate, have a look around, like 25 v1. I said, you got, you got no chance, right? So I said, I'll get you next time, Krause. <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, thank goodness. Um, yeah, nothing sort of happened there, but... Um, Krause was one of those guys that I just absolutely hated. Like we, we, like you know, we we had some real big barnies on the field. You know, verbally we used to attack each other a lot. We had no time for him. But I must admit, since um, finishing my football career, he's actually a really, really nice guy. So uh, we get on really well.
1: It's funny, hey, I, I'm the same. Yeah. Used to hate him because he used to be the antagonist, right? Mm. He was like the 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 freeo one yeah. you hated. Oh, that's right.
2: Him, Stephen Dodd. Actually, Hayden very, very Beryltime. nice guy. Beryl, good, good fellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. does
0: did he? Do he end up playing at? districts as well? He did, yeah. Yeah, so that, that sweetened Bit the Bit of a connection? Yeah. yeah. There you
1: go. So 2005, yep. uh, that, that that London game. I also heard a rumour on this podcast that you were out <laughs> on the Oval post-game playing kick-to-kick with families and tackling people <laughs> oh, and right. shirt-fronting people. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is that potentially Mate, correct? Believe nothing what you hear and <laughs> <of. laughs> half what you see. Sam Butler. <laughs>
1: Courtesy of Sam Butler. <laughs> 2005 losing grand final. Yep. What... what what, do you have, what memories do you have of, of playing in a losing grand final? It's, you know, we've done a lot of stories, but from a footy sense?
2: Yeah, uh, it happened really quickly for us 2005. So we played finals 02, 03, 04, and every single time we got knocked out in, in a elimination final. Right. So we were sort of a side that um, we're around about very young. And then in 05, which we still were young, we had a cracking year. Before we've known it, we've you know won two home finals in, in you know two really good games, and then suddenly we're into an AFL grand final. And you know it's just it's it's something that any kid you know you dream about. You know in your backyard, you never really think. Even when you play AFL, I mean you hope to play in the grand final, but um, you know my experiences offered is that you know they're so bloody hard to make let alone trying to win one. So in 05, we gave it our absolute best shot. Obviously, we know the results, but it was, um, yeah, hard to, you know, even though I was able to win one after, and you know what it's like, you know, to lose a grand final, it's still something that, you know, I just wish we had, you know, won two. I'm not one of those ones that subscribe to the fact that it was, you know, Win one, lose one. Probably fair enough. Like yeah, they're just so hard to win. And and we had we had our best chance. And I felt like we were coming really hard late. And then you know suddenly there's a rule in the the competition that um, Ty Canelli's allowed to um, tackle Ashley Sampi in a marking <laughs> contest. And, and that's all I vaguely remember. That um, how did you poor play poor old Ashley Sampi? she she got a bloody free kick. But listen, I'm not holding on to anything.
1: <laughs> You're in that pack, weren't you?
2: Uh, Blair no, Blair Blair I wasn't Blair. in that pack. Oh. No, I. Um, oh, listen, I didn't have my best game. I, I had no right second half, but it wasn't. Um, so yeah, it was really flat. And and that's the thing. Like yeah, just because you make it one year doesn't give you any right to be back there the following year. So it was really difficult. And um, you know, the preseason the following year was probably one of the hardest preseasons that I did, knowing that. Geez, we've really let one go here. So it was a motivator. Yeah, I th- it's, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, again, I'm not sort of one of those guys who go, you know, we lost the grand final, so therefore the motivation is to, to win it the following year. But as a group, it did make us realise that we weren't good enough and we had to improve and had to get better and we had to, to become closer as a group. And we um, you know, we certainly did that through 06. Probably didn't play our best football, but there's always signs of a good team to be not at your best, but find a way to win. We did that a lot, I reckon, in 06.
0: Before we <clears throat> move past uh, 05 Grand Final, I don't know if this is like poor form. Oh, no, this isn't poor form. This is oh, excellent. Well, how does that – this is a, a little something that was <laughs> – <laughs> like, It's like flag mantle. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> Premier's 2005
1: so, West Coast Eagles. So every season yep. going into the Grand Final, yep. the AFL makes both teams' Premiership merch. Oh, ah, of course. This is the West Coast Eagles' Premiership merch from 2005 when you lost the Grand Final.
2: So, this happens the week off the grand final. Yeah, so uh,
1: that's the hat that they, they would yeah, have had. They would have ten thousand Sydney hats and ten thousand West Coast hats just to hand out after the game or something yep. like that, or sell mm, straight away. We managed, to, we managed to get one. There you go. Yeah,
2: so that's well, the upset. What a you set. could do is you get a yellow texture and just turn the five into a six. <laughs> I think it makes it. I think it makes no, it more
0: valuable it does, as,
1: yeah. a, as a 05. It's quite good.
2: actually. That no, is yeah. very good.
1: The have you got? Have you still have you got plane jumper? You still got things from two thousand six? Yeah. So O
2: six, I um, I had two jumpers that I wore. In that particular game So you've got changed at half time And One jumper I got the players to sign With my medal Gave that to mum and dad And that's framed at home uh, at mum and dad's house Nice And then The other one Was my best mate Andrew Catalano Who I work at Catalano's with As well And there's a really great picture That they put on the back page Of the Herald Sun That was me Hugging him in the crowd So he f- he drove over with a few mates for the game, obviously cracking grand final. So I've got a picture of myself and my mate Catter hugging. Yes, and then I framed the other jumper that I wore, got all the guys to sign it, and gave it to him. So right. he's got that in his pool room at home. Now, Does
0: everyone change at halftime?
2: Um, no, I don't reckon people do, but you know, was, were prob- you just a sweaty guy? My, or something? I'm or? thinking to myself, if we win the grand final, you know, <laughs> the, these, two <laughs> are, these two jumpers, these two jumpers, going to be worth something. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one. one One thing I do remember that grand final, so I made a rule with myself, right, and and, uh, players are very superstitious, I wasn't a superstitious guy but I was big on routine but I remember I made a rule with myself about two years earlier that every single time I play in Melbourne I'm going to wear screwing boots. Right So just just going to wear screw-ins Right Grand final day 06 Was just one of the most Beautiful days Right And I used to And I used to felt like I always played better With moulders on anyway Yeah But I'm going Nah this is Melbourne So I've got my screw-ins on Right And I'm going I'm going This oh, I said no I can't change my routine You know It's grand final day I've got to make sure that in Melbourne, I wear screwings. And then last minute, I decide, nah, white's faster because my screwing's black. I've got to wear the white boots, right, because, you know, it's a beautiful day. I'm just going to go for it. Yes. So I uh, wore the white boots and... Um And felt fast. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Did you warm up
1: in the screw-ins and thought, nah, can't can't, do this?
2: No, I don't think I warm up in the screw-ins, but I definitely had the screw-ins on at one stage. (laughs) Clomping around in the uh, rooms, the screw-ins. But (laughs) also, yeah, the screw-ins, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) the screw-ins I wore in the 2005
1: Grand Final. So
2: it was like, oh, you know what, I'm not sure if... um,
1: I should be wearing those again. <laughs> That's back in the Puma Kings days as well. Everyone, yeah. you would have been in the Puma Kings. Everyone oh, was in the Puma mate, Kings. Mate, we're
2: loving the Pumas.
1: Back everyone, then. everyone in the competition wore Puma Kings. Mate,
2: everyone. It was either it was either Puma Kings or the other the Adidas with the white three white stripes. Yes,
1: yeah, they uh, sponsored by Adidas back then. But they were the only two boots. Predators, maybe. Um, and then and then Puma, I remember a Puma. I remember specifically a, a Puma presentation at the club. Puma yeah. were West Coast's biggest sponsors. Yep. yep. And the the crews rolled in, and um, I won't say it wasn't. And they've rolled in, and they've got a presentation, and they said, "Oh, these are the new boots. We're, we're scrapping the the kings." And there was there was audible, dis like absolute hatred from the crowd. There, you know, we're talking about Jardy, Embers, Coxie, all everyone wore them, and they rolled out these Spider Men. Um, they had they had Spider Men webs over. They were they were soccer boots. Yeah, and yeah. the boy, boys spat it and. Could no. have been the end of the dynasty at West Coast right there. May have, could
2: have been. You reckon? Blame the boots, you reckon? Oh,
1: I don't know. Maybe. So 2006, though, I do yeah. have a question asked about this. I remember distinctly through my career you're talking about um, a period le- leading into 2006 finals that you credited with the ability to have a good final series. We Did you get injured late in the year yeah. and you had a, had a running block?
2: Yeah, you just reminded me then. Yeah, so, so Matthew Pavlich in a derby about round 21, 22 – line me up and ended up doing my AC. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, going through that. So it happened in the first quarter and then at halftime, time I said the docks said, mate, my shoulder is absolutely stuffed. And I looked at it and I'm done my AC. So I didn't actually know how long I was going to be out for, but I ended up missing the last game of the season and the first final. And they sort of said it was going to be between sort of two and four week injury, which in the back of my mind I um I knew that, okay, you know what, I can just I can run and I can get myself fit and I'm going to be ready. And I remember, um, I got, I'm not a, a big guy that writes down big goals or anything like that, but I do remember a piece of paper and I wrote down um, something like, I've been in this position before, I know what to, to expect and I know what I need to do to get myself right. Everything I do between now and grand final day will help me play my role in winning this year's grand final. And I put it next to my bed and every night, I went to bed, I looked at it, woke up, looked at it, and then just went and just trained. And I, I just ran. And in hindsight, without doubt, it was the best thing that happened to me because probably at the time and you know what it's like, everyone saw at the end of the year, everyone's, you know, just doing what you can, but everyone's on the you know even playing field. Yeah. And I was literally running on the spot. And it wasn't until having those two weeks off where it just gave my body an opportunity to to refresh And we played the first final against Sydney Absolute cracking game I missed that game um, Of footy West Coast lost We lost to Sydney Swans <coughs> So that meant that um, Obviously Sydney went and got a home prelim um, And I In an ideal world I probably would have missed the next week But it's doing and die So you know yep. you, So I played against the Western Bulldogs In that final And we just came out there And just just destroyed the Spanked dogs. it was uh it was, um, uh, Western Bulldogs were the only team, only Victorian team to beat us that year in Perth. So I remember thinking, like, Geez, we can't go out straight set. So put together a cracking, uh, cracking game as a side, knock them off, yeah. and then we're off to Adelaide in the prelim. And a lot of people, um, you know, wouldn't know this, but in my opinion, the best game I've ever been involved in in my life was a 2006 prelim final better than the the, uh, the, the the grand final, because at right. halftime, you know, we'd kicked two goals, and we were down by sort of four or five goals against um, against Adelaide, in Adelaide, mm. you know, like the crowd just loud as anything, you know, and to be down by that much, not finding a way to score goals, and second half come out and put together the best second half of footy that I've ever been a part of, and suddenly you're into a grand final on the back of a huge comeback win in a prelim. It's just, you know, we, we felt like as a group we were ready. And, um, you yeah, we were ready to, to make amends from what happened the year before.
1: Winning is more exciting in a prelim than a grand final. Grand final is almost relief, especially yeah. after you've lost one the year before. Is that how you describe it? Like, is it a different yeah. feeling? Of
2: Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, I, I remember being on that plane flying back from Adelaide thinking, you know what? wow, we've given ourselves another shot at, at playing in a, in a grand final again. And it was like, it, it was, you know, how good is this? We're not going to let this one slip. And I remember thinking to myself too, we played Sydney obviously a couple of weeks before they knocked us off. But in that particular game, I didn't play. Um, Daniel Kerr didn't play. Ash Hansen didn't play. And I feel there might have been another. And I thought, you know what, we lost by... A point, one, yeah, one yeah. point yep. in that game. I felt th- these three inclusions could probably make the difference up of a point. So I, yes. f- I felt really confident heading into it. Yeah. Um, but as you know, grand final day, it's uh, yeah, it's um, they're not easy to win. <laughs> Correct.
0: That one point um, sort of was the theme of your rivalry with Sydney over those two years. Mm. So you know before the yeah. 06 grand final. It was, it was. I mean, a matter of...
1: Even after. The first game in 2007 was... That's right. I think it was, yeah. I I think it was like
0: an average of three points yeah. or something over so, those. So 05, yeah.
2: qualifying final. West Coast win by four points. Right. Yep. Sydney win the grand final by four points. Yep A few weeks later. Yes. 06, West Coast lose the qualifying final by a point. West Coast win the grand final by a point. Yes. And then round one, 2007... West Coast win by three points. Daniel Kerr, Daniel run, Kerr runs, runs down, down. Mark McVeigh, yeah. I think, um, Jared McVeigh, sorry, in an attack, and we
0: win the game. Yeah. So, was that, did you have like this, I don't know, was that like a circled game on the calendar oh, for the In a
2: while, it was just a, a team that we, obviously we had such a great uh, history with, uh, enormous amount of respect with, and we just knew, and they knew us as well, that no matter where, what stage the game was, this game was going down to the wire, and we just had such incredible uh, contests with, with that side. And I know that you know we don't see the Sydney players that much, but Grand Final week when we're over in Melbourne and a few of those guys are over there, you know we catch up, and it's it's almost like catching up with your own teammates. It's, really, we have such great you know banter and fun with it, and um, and they're all yeah really good guys to be able to to have a beer with and reflect on those great not that great rivalry that we did have
1: with them. 2006, you win the Norm Smith medal. Yep. Is that the best game of AFL you've ever played, or is it?
2: Is it? Oh,
1: it was, a, yeah, it
2: was a, I mean, <coughs> you know, yeah.
1: As a kid, you want to play well in the big
2: game, score, you know that. And I um, I felt I, I had a really good, um, you know, good prelim. I, had, I felt like... Even in the Western Bulldogs game, I played well, so I was going back to that point where I felt fresh, running, you know, just running. And when you when you feel fit and you feel like you can get the contest, obviously you got more chance of having an impact when you get there. So I um I felt you know confident heading into that grand final because my body was good and and had a had a really good game. I mean my numbers. I mean I had plenty of games where my numbers were more than I think yes. twenty six and two. Like twenty six and two sounds yep. it's a good game, but but probably the importance of the game and and having some big moments um uh, myself in that particular game was something that, you know, I reflect and yep, definitely really proud of. And and as you know, you know, the person generally speaking that wins a Norm Smith medal is a, a premiership player at the end of it. So very uh very grateful. But, you know, I have said this a few times before. Like 05, you know, we had so many, um, you know, so many passengers you know, in that particular game, and so many guys that you know weren't up to the level which we know um, they're capable of, and I was one of those guys. But two thousand six, like mate, every single player that was out there just did what they had to do for the team, and and Darren Glass is a, a, an example that I use so many times. So in 06, Barry Hall. I'm pretty sure won the Coleman, kicked maybe 70-plus goals, kicked five goals in the prelim against the Fremantle Dockers. We knew as a side that we had to shut Barry Hall down. Now, grand final day, Darren Glass goes to Barry Hall. <coughs> Darren Glass keeps Barry Hall goalless, and we win by one point. So, you know, you right. talk about a guy that deserved the Norm Smith medal just
0: as much as anyone. So,
1: you
2: know, and there was plenty of stories like that on GF Day.
1: Yeah, I
0: agree with um with that norm smith um one of the things of your career that always comes to mind um, amongst you know many good things was your speech and that you had no voice <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um it's um, like it's actually like i can hear it yeah because like, yeah. it was just so like you don't expect that from mm. someone um what what was the situation there yeah so again it's like listen to you guys like uh, this is all stuff
2: that yeah I've just totally forgotten about but when you speak about it now you go yeah I remember that now so I got um, I think what happened was I I got hit maybe around 17, 18 in my throat and it just sort of got worse and worse and then I ended up by the final series I just couldn't speak like nothing could come out and I ended up going to the doctors no one knew I was wrong finally got diagnosed with a paralysed vocal cord so wow. basically, just yeah, just just lost my voice and couldn't just couldn't chat and and so Chad Fletcher was one of the best at being able to, to clap around the contest. Like you just cl- clap, and every time you heard the clap. You know, he, you know, you're just feeding the ball. So he was trying <laughs> to teach me how to clap, you know, during um during the <laughs> final <laughs> series so I could get the footy. So I'd be at a contest in my little wing spot and I was like doing the Chad Fletcher clap, you know. So at least I got a couple of little sheepies off him because he knew what was going on. But, uh, <laughs> was yeah. Like, you know, why is
0: this guy clapping? Yeah,
2: <laughs> so I was doing a lot of clapping around the contest and, uh, and trying to trying to play and not use your voice. It's, it's actually really difficult and really challenging to be able to do it. So, um, yeah, started, started to come a little bit back, uh, grand final week and grand final day was probably I mean you heard me in my speech i mean, it was still horrible but that was probably the best it had been for a month wow. and, uh, and then as you can imagine the celebrations after that I lost
1: it for another two months after that yeah, I was going to say it sounded like you got on the beers <laughs> early but you <laughs> had paralysed vocal cord sorted them out after that ok so you win the 2006 uh, grand final premiership mm. player Norm yep. Smith medalist um, Can I just what, before yeah. you go f- past that, yeah, um,
0: what happens after the game? Do they tell you in advance that you've won, or did you already know? Or no, I got um, I got, I did get
2: told. Someone came up to me, um, and said, "I oh, listen, you've just won the the Norm Smith Medal, and you know, just get ready. You'll be getting called up in about a minute's time." So, uh, the euphoria of, of what has happened, and the relief, and you know, yeah, to be honest with you, the thought of winning a Norm Smith Medal in that moment. It, it's it's just not it's not something you think about. Like you just you know you are just you know it just it is just pure excitement with your teammates, you know, with club officials, with everyone. It's just you know, it's it so um, It's euphoric, euphoric. Yeah, that's just, probably a good word for it. You know, it's just yeah, just you know, you, you you're in another world. You know, yeah. you're, you're in this bubble, and it's just you just feel like, is this real? Is this really happening? Like it's yeah. and. So, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah, your name gets called out to yeah, um, go up there and receive your Norm Smith.
0: Just seems like, because it, it's just like such a big announcement to then just hear it from one person hey, by the way, you've just, you know, it's just a, an odd environment. It seems like the, the, the normal thing to do would be to hear it for the first time when it's announced and yeah. you, know, you get that excitement but just like just on hey just quickly I think so I think they
2: try to maybe give you the heads up so you are going up there to maybe plan a few words so yeah. you ain't making an absolute goose yourself in front of 100,000 people at a <laughs> yeah. stadium and, and millions viewing it you um, Saturday. you
1: presented the 2021 norm smith with yeah. some interesting times up on the podium up there What was that like, did you did you did it make you think about two thousand six? Yeah, to, uh, oh, that was so cool. I mean, I
2: again to be a part of last year's grand final here in Perth, never going to see it ever again. Yeah, in a really really small way, was something that I was just absolute honoured to do. So, it was uh, it was great. I um, was calling the game for Triple M, so I didn't really get to sort of any chance, you know you know, enjoy the game you didn't vote such. on, did you? Like something didn't that, vote on the that, game. Yeah. No, no, didn't vote on the game. I um I did get told when I was sort of um walking out that uh that Christian Petrarch had won. I think it was pretty evident yeah. that he'd won. He was absolute star in that particular day.
1: So sure <laughs> was involved with you
2: as well. Wush, yeah. so you Wush, gave the, coaches um, medal, gave John, the McHale. John McHale medal. So he gave that to uh, Simon Goodwin.
1: Would have been nice to hear Simon speak.
2: Would have been nice, yes. No, nah, that's right. So uh, Baz just <laughs> Baz had a, uh, had a uh, Baz moment. <laughs> but
1: Were you meant to <laughs> speak? Were you meant
2: to present nah, it? Ah, listen, they changed that a few years ago, where the um, the Norm Smith Medal gets called out by the presenter. So I, there was two things about it. I uh, I I prepared myself just in case Baz said, mate get up and say it so I prepared myself for it which I would have completely stuffed up anyway <laughs> but um, thank goodness uh, Basil jumped in and, and did it and yeah to be able to award it to Christian Petrarca another guy that joins the Norm Smith club it was something that was
1: um, really cool is that a thing? Is that, is that other than a philosophical <laughs> nah. thing? You boys catch up every nah, year. There's a,
2: there's a luncheon. Uh, it's called a Norm Smith Luncheon. They do in Melbourne every year, and it's run by a guy over there. And it's uh, like, you know, it's a pretty cool function. Have you so been to I've, it? I've I've been to it a couple of times as a um, as a guest speaker. So uh, it's a, yeah, they do it really really well, and it's a bit of fun. I mean, it's just, you know sort of 200 people there yeah. just having a good time. Kevin Bartlett, uh, he's very very good. He MCs it. And you know, right. I think last year, or a couple of years ago, I did it with Wayne Carey, Dane Swan. Obviously, weren't Norm Smith medals, but they just, you know, get a few guys there along. The stories. Yeah, a few stories, a <laughs> bit of fun.
1: Now, um, a, bit, a bit more serious. So, you, so you, win, you win 2006 Premiership, Norm Smith, um, but the club doesn't win another one with you. know, mm. Do you look back on that period of time and think it should have been a dynasty? Because we've seen some. We've seen Geelong, we've seen Richmond, we've seen yeah. uh, Melbourne are starting to go towards it. Hawthorne, of course, repeat. You say that you you're not one that's like I oh, at least I won one. You'd yeah, like to have won more. Would have,
2: would have been nice to. I mean, our best chance was o five o six, yeah. um, and well, you yeah, know, one each there. Two thousand seven, uh, things were probably starting to. You, know, you can see there's a few cracks starting to appear, um, you know, within the four walls of the football club, and uh, but the timing off it all. Whilst we still finishing the top four in two thousand seven. We um you know Jody was on one leg, so he I think he had an OP, yep. so he's our best player and he's not out there. Daniel Kerr was struggling with injury. Um Cuzzy Cause he had, uh, you know, he had a few issues as well um, through two thousand and seven, which was obviously well publicised, and, and came back and ended up doing his hammy, in a, in a final in the first final. So he was even if we had got through, he was he was out done. So the timing off at all was was probably not great, and unfortunately, yeah, got knocked out in straight sets in in two thousand and seven. We um, got beaten by Port Adelaide, nearly pinched that one, and that would have probably given us a, a home prelim, obviously, and then probably you know another grand final appearance. But the Cats were pretty super in, in 2007.
1: 2007 was my first year. Yep. Um, so I got to the club at the end of 2006 and like walked into this elite environment of mm. training, right? Mm. But then clearly there was other things happening uh, off the field that was pretty well publicised. Uh, but one thing, one thing I do remember that you were directly involved with was a, was a dust-up with Chicky at, at the club. I, I wanted to speak about it because I was there. I was, I was at the club when it happened. There wasn't oh, many people there. No, nah, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so, so basically it was on a day off, right? And I'll let the Embers tell his story, however what you want to get into it. But... The young boys at the time, and this is a first-year player, used to come in on the day off and do weights. So I was still trying to get get a chin up without getting some help and <laughs> trying to do a bench press of sixty kilos. And we were all in there working out. So I was in the gym. Um, I think James Thompson was in the change rooms. There was one of the one of the boys was in yeah. the change rooms when a couple of premiership players. Effectively, what, what, what went on? Because I, I just remember being an absolute shit show at the club. I was like, <laughs> you know, this has just happened. What is going on?
2: Mate, I were talking about Stephen May and Jake Melksham the other day and I said, what bloody idiots would fight their own teammates? <laughs> I said, Didn't you get to fight with one of your teammates? Said, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we're starting to um, yeah, unravel a little bit at West Coast and I remember this particular day, like I was getting a massage. Um, it was a Monday, I was getting a massage in the nude, right, and lying down, and Chicky just comes in, right, and just starts throwing haymakers, like just whacking me. I'm, I'm going, what the, you know? Anyway, so a few guys have pulled him all off, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then I, I, nothing sort of happened at the time. I just, you know, so, mate, you're an idiot, etc. And then I went home that night, and I, and I remember I called Currie, and I said, mate. He said, don't worry about it. Let's go out for dinner. We'll have a couple and we'll just, you know, forget about it. So I went out for dinner with Daniel and sort of had a couple and a couple more and a couple more. So it was a Monday and then day off was a Tuesday. Yep. And anyway, after so about 10 o'clock, I just lost it. And I said, you know, no, nah, that's it. No, nah, let's find him. Let's, let's, let's build him now. So, so, and oh boy. so I ended up calling Chickie about 10 o'clock on the Monday night hindsight, of course I shouldn't have done this and I give him a really after um, some beers after a few red wines yeah. um, uh, some explicits and basically in a nutshell just told him you're gutless you're weak you know, want to do it properly let's put the gloves on put the mouth guard in and we will meet tomorrow morning and we'll just box on properly you want to do you know so anyway went to his uh, message bank he never picked up but I did say 7 a.m sharp sharp <laughs> <laughs> At the club. At the the club. At the club. At the club. (laughs) Following morning, right? So uh, anyway... (laughs) <laughs> went to sleep <laughs> Both
1: men of your word Clearly
2: Went to sleep Woke up the next day Realised Oh that's right I've left a, uh, a message On Chicky's phone The least I can do Is rock up there So I rock up And apologise Or
1: are you ready to fight? <laughs>
2: nah fight <laughs> <laughs> Please, <laughs> Please. <laughs> So anyway I rocked up there At 7am in the morning uh, Maybe at 5.2 Looked around No Chicky Said ah okay That's all good So I went and jumped in the spa Do a, do a recovery Like the professional guy That does this you know. <laughs> Anyway Sweat out the as i've uh, as i'm walking back into the change rooms next thing i see chicky come storming in right seven a.m. in the morning no one around i'm going oh, okay anyway chicky's come in we're in now in our sort of our change rooms locker rooms. Uh, locker rooms right and then before you knew it mate it is on like me and chicky are just throwing them like just completely just and uh, i mean it's, it's Pretty vague after that, but I remember. Then suddenly it was UFC, and we're going into lockers, and was like, was just going bouncing around, and was just. Highly don't recommend fighting your teammate, but um, and then somehow you know, obviously, oh, did you do you do we pulling me off? Pete Wersfold was, was Pete, in Pete so John came Wurstfold's in, brother, brother, yeah, yeah he pulled us in, off, and then and then that was basically it. So you
1: never got the boxing gloves on?
2: No, yep. we didn't have time to get mouthguard in. It was bare knuckles, you know, like yeah, it was just it was horrible. <laughs> And uh, and then anyway, we, we sort of chatted. Because, like, everyone goes, well, Why'd you do it? You know, why'd you fight? And it was, you know, there was obviously a lot of stuff sort of going on at the time, you know, with cars, etc. And But there was no real hard feelings between Chicky and I. I was going to ask that, did It you? wasn't anything that was ongoing. It was, you know, it was just something that happened, you know, a bit of spirit of the moment. You know, Chickie thought I was a bit of a copper, and, you know, telling everyone. I said, Mate, come on, if I'm the copper, please.
1: But uh, both, anyway. And both strong personalities at the time as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 again, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't ego, back down from egos
2: in football clubs, et cetera, and all that sort so of how stuff. You get, so how'd you
1: get over it? Because I reckon you did, right?
2: Yeah, well, Woosha, so, so we, we sat down together, we chatted, um, and then Woosha got us up in front of the group, and we both got up and we apologised to the group, said, listen, you know, this is not something that's going to um, you know, derail the footy club or anything like that. We've apologised, and, you know, I remember whoosh, and then, like, it was, a bit awkward, it was a bit awkward, you know, so, and then whoosh, he sits there and he goes... So who won the fight? <laughs> so, and I'm looking at Cheeky and he's looking at me and sort of, you know, a bit sheepish, you know, a tail between our legs. And then none of us answered the question. And Woosh said, well, judging by the fact there's no bruises on both ears, it must have been a pretty shit fight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it made a bit of a light out of a, uh, you know, a, a situation that um, I do uh, I do regret that it happened.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But uh, you live and you learn, don't you? Yeah, that's And right. you'd be looking yeah. at... Being in the media now, you'd see things that happen, and given you've been through similar things, yeah. or you, you would oh, you would look back and yeah. regret it. But I mean, it happens. It, it, it happens a lot in football
2: clubs. There's always um you know things going on between players. You're not always best mates, but the one thing is you do respect your teammates. And and Daniel Chick and I um whilst we're not you know best friends or anything like that, and I haven't seen Chicky for a while. A lot of premiership teammates, and we're always going to have something. You know, that, um, that we hold together really closely and, and the role that he played for us. So I spoke about being a really young team, West Coast. He was that strong physical presence yeah. that we needed. And, you know, again, he was so tough, you know, across half back for us. And we all talk about the smother that he did in that grand final as well.
1: I remember 2007, uh, I went into the back line, right? Played, played my first game. I got Darren Glass, oh, I got Adam Hunters down there. Even Brett Jones at the time. Like these are men, like these are mm. men. And Daniel Chick was down there. Anyway, so I'm down there. We're up, we're up by like ten goals against the Bulldogs. And some Bulldogs guy was lipping off. And I just remember Chicky. <laughs> like and and it it left an imprint on me for my career. Like you always look after your young bloke. Someone bumped me off the ball or just tackled me normally. And I just remember Chicky. Like a steam train Like huffing and puffing Grabbing this bloke Don't you ever touch My young bloke Like that again <laughs> yeah. Threw him into the stands Type thing Like he was the you He wasn't an enforcer But yeah. he was just like He was a man He was He used to bounce his He used to do his uh his Squats Bouncing his ass off the floor <laughs> Strongest quaddies in the world He was yeah. a good man Chicky. He was Did he just half cat. a finger yeah. yeah He lost a finger didn't no, he No he cut his finger off Because it was either Get surgery and miss games Or cut your finger off So yeah. he just cut his finger off Yeah That probably sums up Chicky. Yeah <laughs> Um, now, I know we're going a little bit over time here. I want to get a couple more questions in before we get yep. to social media. 2010, the club wins the spoon. Yep. So right now, West Coast in a pretty bad way. Mm. Uh, they very quickly turned that around to 2011 where they made a prelim. Yeah. And you're a big part of that. Um, so can you talk through uh, the disappointment of the spoon and, th- and that sort of thing, but more specifically how the club actually turned it around? Yeah. Yeah. And-
2: Interview. Yeah, so, and I feel for the guys at the moment with what they're going through, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's not forever and you can turn it around really quickly by just believing you know, in the direction that you want to go as a footy club and, and we were really focused whilst in 2010 we probably had a few of the senior players that might have been still, you know, still capable of playing better, but for whatever reason might have been injured or um, just went at our best and and the young kids were maybe you know one or two years away, but we still had belief in these kids, you know, yeah. like Scoey coming through, but you know you can't you know expect the young kids are going to step up you know immediately. so um, yeah, it wasn't a great year in two thousand and ten. we you know certainly a lot of the old players were like, you know they're done, they're finished. And I remember we tried something. Yes, yeah, so I was for, hoping you talk about. Yeah, this. yeah, for the senior players, which had never been done before, and I, I can assure you, it was the envy of every football club <laughs> when they found out <laughs> the pre-season that uh, the old boys had. But uh, Warren Coford, our, um, our fitness coach, is still, still, still at is. West Coast, right? Uh, this is what probably made him actually, to be honest with you. So <laughs> we decided to get together as the old guys and say, okay, you know what, we just. Because the, the months in November, December are really difficult, challenging months, you know, pre-season. They're hard, yeah. right? There's so much going on. So we basically train by ourselves away from the main group. So we would meet down at McGillivray and, you know, there's sort of maybe half a dozen of us. And we do our running sessions together in the morning, all right? And then we kick the footy and then we go and do weights, but we do that away from the club. And then we're done. Like, there's no meetings, and we just got ourselves really fit. But most importantly, mentally, really fresh. And 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 I guess West Coast were in a position where we could probably try a couple of things. We couldn't get any worse, and then win the wooden spoon. Yes. So, and then the following year we came out, and all the senior players just end up having like incredible years like you know we all played
1: really really well you were man. best on ground first two rounds of that season yes. 2011
2: and I was just like hey, how could this you know and, and so uh, we didn't
1: see I didn't see it till February that year like nah. these these <laughs> boys didn't see anyone <laughs> over yeah. the age of 22 yeah, for yeah. four months so thank fuck we're getting sick of you as well
2: mate if you had been there I would have been calling you Darren you know what I mean <laughs> so uh, I haven't seen these guys for so long so um, but yeah so it listened and then yeah ended up turning around and had a fantastic year in 2000 11 obviously played in a prelim got beaten by Geelong pretty badly in yep. the end so but you know thank goodness if you lose a prelim you want to make sure that, that team beats you goes on to, to win the grand final so probably made it a bit better <laughs> when
1: they, they knocked off the pies yeah very good um, a couple more for you what about post footy so mm. you're in 20 20- 13. Yep. Um, towards your back end of your career, you probably understand where a couple of the older boys are now at West Coast. Like yeah. one, One-year deals. Yep. Um, not hanging on, but, I mean, you're sort of signing them at the end of the year and then you, you retire at the end of 2013. What's What's post-footy um, Embers been like? How, how's that yeah. transition been for you?
2: Yeah, it's always a it's – it's a tough transition and you prepare for it as best you can. But, you know, like, the West Coast were my second family. Like, I walked in there as a 17-year-old and – and left, I think, at thirty-two. So I spent almost half my life at the West Coast Eagles, and so suddenly, when you know you're not within the four walls of the football club, and you know you're probably your identity is an AFL footballer, you know what's next. So it probably took me a few years to be able to find my feet. Um, went into the property game, worked with a uh, you know great mate of mine, and that was really really good. But you know I've gone from being a... You know, so-called expert in one field to a novice in the uh, in another, and so you're sort of learning and you're trying to find your feet. You're running a restaurant
1: in there somewhere. Running Beluga. a
2: restaurant as well, so I was just you know I was was wearing a few different hats just to sort of get a feel for what I wanted to do. So, um, so yeah, spent a three four three or four years doing that. Probably didn't really absolutely love it. Just wasn't you know for me, but. I um I kept my media work up and did a little bit with Mix Ninety four point five, calling a bit of the footy, special comments. So in recent times, um I've uh yeah with Triple M now with the, the rush hour show they I do with Michelle off an afternoon. That's heaps of fun. Love that. Did that with Lockheed Reed last year and and then work for Catalanos as well in the seafood game. A good mate of mine, Andrew, who's in the family business, which is his. He's a
1: good Trinity mate of mine, and we've always stayed really close. So Got a seafood sponsor opening um, actually on Backchat there at the moment. Go. Amber, oh, so there you if go. If you're maybe yeah. a representative down yeah. there, mate. Or are you taking all the sponsorship money right now? Mate, so Ambassador. One thing,
2: yeah, one thing's for sure. It's uh, nice not to pay for seafood.
1: Yeah, very good. Catalanos do it the best down there. There you Back go. Sure. Nice little <laughs> shout <laughs> out. You, very yeah. good. Yeah. Looking forward to the ongoing relationship with Backchat, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Your God. mate Masto
2: was in there the other day. Oh, correct. Forgot his walls. What was Nick do- Nat's always in there. Just, every, the only time you ever hear from Nick Nat is, oh, Bruss, Bruss, get any more seafood for us? So, <laughs> yeah, come in, mate. You know where we are. <laughs> oh, that's very
1: good. Um, you worked with uh, Dennis Cometti in that period yeah. as well. What was that like? his oh, greatest to have ever, ever yeah. done it. No,
2: I feel very privileged to uh, have shared the box with Dennis Cometti for probably four or five years. Um, he was... Uh, I mean, it's the greatest commentator of all time and loved my time with him just to see see how diligent he was and how professional he was and, you know, learnt so much and, you know, would often catch up with Dennis for a coffee and just, you know just chew the fat with him and pick his brain because he's um, yeah, certainly someone that I've uh, always looked up to and admired You're
1: play-by-playing now, aren't you? Are you, doing, are you oh, no, a new I'm up-and-coming I'm, Dennis nah,
2: i No, no, I've, uh, I've done a bit
1: of practising play-by-play.
2: It's, uh, it's something that Hard gig. I have thought about doing, but you know what, I've also been told just stay in your own space <laughs> as well, stay in your own lane because you know I used to think, oh, you know, I could do what Dennis does one day when he retires and then i go in there and listen to Dennis and I, at the end of the game i walk away going, no. Nah. Pull, pull pull, the pin on that one Because
1: <laughs> I think one thing Would be hard Would be player names Knowing them all I yeah. want to give you Three names okay. Right yeah. I want to tell you, you to tell me What they mean to you uh, Andrew Walker Jeremy Howe Ashley Sampy <laughs> What do those three players Have in common Those three guys
2: I have made it On their football cards <laughs> As a stepladder. <laughs> yeah.
1: You've had some all-time hangers taken oh, on you. And what's mate? the reason for that? Because
2: I'm always doing the team thing, coming back with a fly to <laughs> yeah, the exactly. football, helping out my teammates, all right? Then <laughs> you never see Dean Cox being mark of the year because he actually doesn't go back and help his teammates out. So... And-
1: he- Andrew Walker, I believe he's... In his first ever th- game. <laughs> yeah, He's yep. had 30 and taken yep. one of the marks of the century yep. on yep. your head.
2: Yeah, out of sight, Optus Oval there in Carlton. Yeah, <laughs> fair to say I copped it from that uh, Carlton crowd after that.
1: Jeremy Howe. Um, I mean, he's he was
2: taking a few, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. just
1: one of many on him. Yeah. But he was early in his career. I remember that game. I played in that one. He was out in a forward flank somewhere and he just sat in your head out of nowhere, didn't he? Ah, oh, Yeah, well, whatever. But then everyone all West Coast fans will <laughs> remember is Ashley Sampy. I mean, you... Did, did you get a piece of that car? Yeah, like
2: well, I should do. Now, should say mark
1: was on your bald head, mate, I, I might re- say. You re- shaved I remember, head. I
2: remember. I remember because I'm the only bloke in the stadium that didn't see it, right? But <laughs> everyone's cheering. I've turned around the umpire and I've sprayed him. I see. because if you have a look at it, Adam Uze pushed me right in the middle of the back. I said, in danger with a free kick? <laughs> and he goes, trust me, mate, if I had given you a free kick, you'd be the most hated person in the country right now. <laughs> yeah, I said, what was that? So we'll have a look at the big screen. And I looked up and I'm going, oh, yeah, thank goodness he didn't pay the free kick to me. But
0: but, uh, yeah, it was an absolute crack. Oregon is probably the best mark that I've, that I've seen. Because you, you yeah. actually – he was already on his way up, and then you sort of come in and you give him like an extra right. little bounce. And that's the
2: reason why I deserve part of the card. <laughs> because strong. I was strong. You know, again, coming back with a fly of the footy. and yes, don't worry. <laughs> uh, launched him into it, so, yeah. Liam Ryan's
1: taken some on my head, and, and it feels good. When you're underneath like that, like a bit of scaffolding. You know, nice and strong, we sturdy. You always talk about playing your role for the team. Yeah, Correct. Uh, last one. Gonna be a dad again, mate. Yes, you have got three kids already, and another mm-hmm. one on the way. Mate, we're starting to look at Toyota Taragos and Kia
2: Carnivals <laughs> at the moment. You know, big sliding doors, you know, one, two, three, four, get them all in. So, God help me, cooking no, with embers, very, very exciting. Good. No, we're uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, um, got a little girl on the way in August, so not too far away. And, yeah, my uh, wife Katie is going to be a super mum.
1: As of just being through the uh, younger years of baby Dan and I, a couple of kids, all the best with that, mate. Have you forgotten everything that you've... Yeah, absolutely. Some well, I didn't kids, know mate. too much from the beginning <laughs> anyway, but... I'm sure I'll make it work. Now, this is the last little segment we do here. at social media. I know you know all about this. Social media. You like that? You like that? You can take that for the drive show if you like. Social media. A little bit like Cooking with Embers. Just a beautiful play on words. Yes, okay. So it's where the people send in their questions for you. You've heard it all from Darren and I. (laughs) Uh, Daza. 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 This is from the people, for the people Now this I've got to start with this one And I'll be really intrigued to know, see how your memory is Lotus11 asks
0: uh, Embers, do you still know all the words to the Eagles rap? <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I'd like to okay. add on to that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Is that one of the more embarrassing th- moments would, of your entire I, I, life? I would
2: have to say Because um, I've just watched the whole thing I don't believe that i got enough credit for the masterpiece that I put together. <laughs> oh. And for those people that don't know what I'm talking yeah. about, just go and Google Embers' rap. Yeah. It is absolute masterclass. I sat down one day on a couple of drinks and I started writing out a few bits and pieces and it started small. It ended up just being like... It's a four and a half minute yeah. song. It is it keeps going. Every single club that wins a grand final from now on should be able to put something together. I remember running to uh, Tommy Liberatore and, uh, and Luke Dalhouse. They were fans in, were they? in Vietnam uh, after they won the grand final we sat at the same hotel so I got on a drink with them and uh, and I told them what I'd done in 06 right and I sat them down I said this is what you boys got to do got to make a rap it's all about the rap now you know and I tell you what I had them they would sit there going this is the best thing we've ever heard <laughs> still
1: yet to see the Western Bulldogs <laughs> rapper in 2016 mate I reckon they might have had it honestly I, I, I think it could be the worst thing I've ever seen I,
2: I actually It is absolute It's a disgrace you, Every single player That played in that game Got to mention Yeah, If you go through it It, it doesn't it, rhyme It doesn't have to rhyme It goes, it goes <laughs> it, out of time a bit It's It's oh, How I, long did it take I'd you To put say, together uh, I'd say 9 out of 10
1: I reckon months because I, I was around yeah. you at the time yeah. you were putting that together for a long time yeah yeah. so you've spent a bit of time I was going through
2: a separation at the time I reckon <laughs> if I put as much work into the separation as I did for the rap
1: <laughs> oh, that's very things might have been different okay alright Steve-O uh, steve Stales
0: uh, if you didn't win the Norm Smith, who do you yep. believe would have clinched it that year? Oh, well,
2: if you ask uh, Coxie, yes. right? Uh, so Coxie reckons he's the only person in history to be a two-time runner-up Norm Smith medal. He reckons Jody <laughs> cost him one in 05 and
0: <laughs> I cost him
1: one in 06. Right. Well, the, <laughs> That's that, in the wraps, that right? underscore J underscore Jade and it has something just for that.
0: Uh, is it true Coxie said you only ever played one good career game in 06 yep, grand final? Yep, every
2: single time we're having a beer together, he goes, Oh, I you only played one good game. True, and it says
1: true or false. That's
2: what I said to him, you know what, Dean, if that's true, what a bloody
1: good day to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. <Good> time. <laughs> Um. What about uh, Liam underscore Murphy 01? Haven't heard this one before, actually. Are these actually real people or is this what you guys are sending through? This is um, Liam under underscore Murphy. These good good on you, Liam. Right, unlike you, we've got fans on this <laughs> show, Amber.
0: Uh, you claimed you touched Ryan O'Keefe's goal late in the 2006 grand final. Yeah. Do you remember if you did? Yeah,
1: I feel like I did. <laughs> would it have, would it have <laughs> shown up on the review?
2: Well, I'm not sure. Like, I, I'd love to speak to Sean Dempster one day because I reckon uh, I felt through, I felt I heard the noises. As well And went through our hands And But I've never spoken to him about it So I'd love to know What he thought About it as well And
1: it was called a goal It was
2: called a goal It would have been hard. I reckon it would have been Hard to overrule Did you see my finger Go back there
0: On the replay we'll so,
1: so I was touched Well I feel like okay. it was uh, Shane Haddo
0: My voice is going um, Who was better Judd or Ablett
2: <sighs> I mean uh, Different Because I obviously Didn't play with, with Ablett They're Or anything be like Ablett. that Senior or you're a junior
1: Do you think uh, Juddy was
2: incredible I do get asked a lot About Juddy and Cuz A lot and, oh, you know, and much as they were Absolute genuine stars Are probably a little bit Different with the way That they played as well yeah. um, Juddy was incredible I think we definitely Saw the best of him At West Coast I um, Juddy was that First midfielder That explosive <laughs> midfielder That from a standing start Could just actually I get to full pace so quickly, and then break tackles and kick goals. So he was a goal kicking um, forward. Like uh, in 2006, um, you know, I think Jody and I both kicked you know 30 plus goals as you know midfielders. Wow. Um, Lynchy, you know, sort of. I think uh, from memory, I have to go back, but I reckon Jody and I kicked the same amount of goals in 2006, and we were the, we came second in, in the goal kicking. So, and Jody was on ball doing this. Yeah. And never spending time forward where I actually went forward and spent time. So to kick thirty plus goals as a genuine midfielder, you don't see midfielders do that anymore.
1: Um Tim Dot Mull.
0: Um, as someone that can actually cook, what's your take on the abomination of the Philadelphia? No. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that was coming until I read the words Philodo fish. There where, you go. Where do you sit on a fish, mate?
1: Listen, I
2: got into a Philadelphia Fish um, – for a little small time, did there. You? yeah, very good. I did I had I had a couple? Actually, I think it's I think it's quite a for a, a processed burger. It's actually not. It's quite tasty. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> You, I'm are, definitely you are a, absolutely kidding oh, I think, me I think as I said For a processed burger I mean this is not You know fish that's You know Come from the Indian Ocean Or anything like Catalanos. that Catalano's No it's not Catalano's Seafood no, no. Absolutely not no. um, you know, Is it seafood Do you think it is seafood Is it, is it, it proven It's processed crap <laughs> But it tastes alright That's the mayonnaise Maybe that goes through it oh, yeah, Lots mate. of it on Oh that's so
1: disappointing bun. Apart from <laughs> <laughs> We've got about three questions left Apart from that This has been a really good interview that's Mind
2: you stuff. Every single time I had a Philadelphia fish Is probably after 30 beers yeah, So right. anything tastes pretty good Fresh
0: <laughs>
1: underscore sports underscore collection.
0: Uh, what's your favourite football jumper style slash design that you wore during your career?
1: Uh, the one behind you, I reckon. The bit orca one. Can you see that? <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, it's, yeah, we can. We nah, can. I, the, um, the ochre. The,
0: the, ochre. ochre. I, the ochre. I say orca all the time. Okay.
2: Is it ochre? Okay? Yeah. Nah. Nobody knows. We, um, we brought that out, I think, for a couple of years there. And it, I think it sold really well. I mean, kids loved it, right? But... I don't think it was through sort of 2000, 2001 when we lost a lot of games. So my memories of wearing that jumper <laughs> was, was um, <laughs> not great. But the uh, the jumpers that obviously the you boys wore in the 2018 Grand Final yes. in the 2006, that was we didn't wear that jumper a lot. That that all blue. Yeah. And Cuzzy, every time we were in that jumper, we might have worn it three or four times in 2006, he said, we're a 10% t- better team in this jumper. And you, we used to just believe
0: that we're a better team in it. So really? I used to love wearing that. Oh, boy. It's like the uh, Michael's Secret Stuff water from, yeah. from um, uh, that Michael Jordan movie with the Looney Tunes in it. Space Jam? Space Jam, yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep it.
1: <laughs> Last question from W Schofield underscore 31. Mm. I'm <laughs> slipping one in here. Bailey Smith, Ben Cousins. Mm. Now, no parallels between what's going on, but do you see likeness in the fact that Cuzzy at the time – Biggest name in football. Bailey Smith would be very similar to yeah. that right now. Do you yeah. see likeness in situation at all?
2: No, I do. I definitely do. And I think when Ben came to West Coast, um, you know, he was still obviously, you know, still part of that ninety two, ninety four era, but he was, you know, he was the genuine superstar. Like, you know, he was um, good looking. Father, son, and, you know, first year won the Rising Star. So he was a a star from the beginning. And, you know, he was just so marketable as well. Everyone just loved him, you know. It was just – and he was even, you know – he was at the club maybe four years before I came, but I remember just it was it, Ben Cousins was just the biggest name in WA, and we're seeing a lot with that with Young Bailey Smith at the moment. So I do feel for Bailey. I um you know he's he's basically been put up on a pedestal there at the Western Bulldogs. He's a marketing guru. People love him. Plus social so much media, social media. No issues. social media when We, we, as we as didn't as have well. any of that sort of stuff. So it's a little it is a little bit different. So he just um, obviously needs a really strong team around him now to be able to support him through. What's going to be in a, you know, a challenging time? Is that how you'd help, like a, a team or, or, or people? Or, yeah, or you, like you need ha- people around you. But you know, he's twenty years of age. Yeah, like that, that's going to that, that's so difficult. You know, at twenty years of age, I would have no idea. You said yeah. you're almost
1: getting delisted. Well, right? that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah exactly. So, um, you know, for him to be able to to be the star player that he is, to be able to manage the the social media expectations, the hype, the hype um it's it's going to be very very difficult for him uh, I think, but I uh, no, definitely
1: wish him all the best. All right, Embers, that's it, done and dusted. We need your picture. Oh no, we need your actual cricket ball, please. Yeah, if, if you have got that, that in a box somewhere. Oh. I want to put it up here. You know here. what? Why don't look, you guys have it, it for it a while? Seriously. I'll, I'll yeah. keep it there. It will never be go. lost. But okay, I want it. I'll,
2: I'll look after you. I'll give it to you guys. Yep. Thank you yep. very is it on a like a cool trophy or is it just a ball? Um, I think it's. You know what? Just a ball. See that's if I can find something for you. Mount. You know what? What were your bowling figures
1: again? Uh, 5 for 16 Alright
2: we'll get rid of that 7 or 4 We'll put mine there Very good uh, That is <laughs> Backchat done yeah. and
1: dusted You know where to find us On social media Backchat double underscore Across all socials Insta, Twitter And TikTok You can send us an email Hello at Backchatpodcast.com.au You can find us on the website Backchatpodcast.com.au If you are listening You can watch us on YouTube We've got our own YouTube channel Embers Jeez, do you? Yeah you can <laughs> find us over there I know yeah. you're a big watcher of that So you can find us over there At Backchat Find us on Reddit. I'm pretty sure we do some stuff over there still. (laughs) Who knows? Dan runs that. Um, Thanks to our sponsors, Margaret River Roasting Co., Shelter Brewing Co., Whippersnapper Distillery, Blue Bet, and anyone else who looks after us, our Patreons, our patrons, our people that support the podcast. We love you. Look out for those discount codes. There are some of them floating out there. And, Embers, for your time, we're going to get you either some beer, some whiskey, some coffee, or a Flagman little T-shirt that we've just released. So we'll get you one of those. (laughs) The flag band will you. Will you, were you? Yeah, that right. <laughs> very good. Well done, Andrew, Emily, John and Dustin. Back chat, bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.